So, Father, here is my mouth, here is my heart, here is my mind, King of Kings, take it as we have already prayed and use it to the glory of your holy name. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I have I, been looking forward to Joshua 10. From the time I was told that I was going to be ministering from Joshua 10, I started reading it, and I've been very excited. And I'm just going to share some of the things that I have found really exciting around Joshua, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to you as well, and you will also feel excited just as I have felt excited. If I can come here, because then I don't feel so far away. You know, now in chapter 10, from verse 1 all the way down to verse 5, we hear what happened. You know, Adon Ezek heard, this is what I want you to remember. This king of Jerusalem heard. And what did he hear? He heard that the Gibeonites had gone and made peace with Joshua. And that's what irritated him. It was almost like, how dare you make peace with Joshua? I mean, haven't you heard what Joshua has been doing? You live next door to us and you go and make peace with Joshua. That's been destroying people. How dare you? I'll tell you what. That's what the enemy does. From the day you choose to make peace with God, he begins to fight you because you have chosen a path of peace. As soon as you decide to say, yes, Jesus Christ, he goes, really? I am going to fight you because you are choosing peace. So if you're being fought at this moment, it's because the day you said yes, you moved from one camp into another camp, and your previous camp is furious with you, and is not going to let you get on in peace. You won't be the first one. He did it with Joshua. He did it with the Israelites. It's the way he works. Hallelujah. So, you know, and uh, what, what I find really interesting is that he didn't only get annoyed because Gibeon had chosen to go with Joshua and he had made peace with Joshua, but he actually was alarmed. He was alarmed that Gibeon had made the right choice. I'll tell you. Don't you worry about what is coming at you. Don't worry about the battles that the enemy is throwing at you. I'll tell you why he's throwing them at you. It's because he's alarmed. He is scared and he's quivering in his boots because he knows who it is that you have chosen. And the person you have chosen is going to be fighting with you. And that's what he's scared about. So this king of Jerusalem, because of his alarm and because of his fear, decides to go down and fight Gibeon. Gibeon. But he doesn't go alone. This is what he does. He sends, he sends messages to his allies. And he says, come and fight with me. Come, let's go and fight Joshua. Have you heard what the Gibeonites did? So 
that's what the enemy does when he comes at you. Let me tell you, have you noticed that when you're being attacked in one area, it's almost like, oh, hell has broken loose against you. This goes wrong, that goes wrong, and the other goes. That is how the enemy fights, because he's seeking to overwhelm you. Are we together? The kings that were coming uh, against Joshua, these kings that were being invited, got together and they were going to fight Joshua. But the Bible tells us that as they went down, uh, when you come to verse 9, the Gibeonites, because they knew the people around them, when you know what the enemy is going to do, then you do the right thing. The Gibbonites remembered that they were in a covenant with Joshua. And they also knew that by being in covenant with Joshua, they were in covenant with the God of Joshua. Hallelujah. The God of Joshua that destroyed the eye. The God of Joshua that destroyed Jericho. The God of Joshua that parted the Red Sea. The God of Joshua that reduced the flooding Jordan to a stream. And they walked as though they were just walking on water. That God of Joshua is the God that was going to support them because they had chosen to go with Joshua. Hallelujah. You you see, when you get into covenant with God, all the powers of God are behind you. And the Gibeonites knew it because that's what happened with the covenant. You see, the thing is, if I enter into covenant, if Alistair and I enter into covenant with Samuel, what happens is that if anything happens to Samuel, or if anyone comes against Samuel, they are coming against us. They are not only coming against me and Alistair, they are coming against me, Alistair, and everyone else that is behind me. Hallelujah. So when we rise up, we rise up as a whole clan against you. And the Gibeonites knew it. And the enemy knows it. He knows that when he rises up against you, he is rising up against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is rising up against all that God has spoken and said about you. And so he bombards you and he causes confusion so that you can get confused and forget what you are supposed to do. But learn from the Gibeonites. Remember what God has done and the covenants that you have and go back to that place of covenant. As they approach, they they said to Joshua, said, you know, don't abandon us. How many have been in a place where things have gone so bad that they feel like they have been abandoned. Let me tell you, the enemy wants you to think you are abandoned. Because when you feel abandoned, you feel weakened. When you feel abandoned, you feel discouraged. When you feel abandoned, you lose faith. Joshua wasn't going to abandon them. These people lied to him. 
Remember, they're the ones who said, oh, we've come a very long way. Oh, look at our clothes and things. And Joshua remembered the character of his God. And he said, I'm not going to do, because I've already entered into covenant. I've already been deceived. I'm going to do the right thing. He was not going not to do the right thing. But they said, don't abandon us. I wonder whether there is a sense in which the Gibeonites thought, you know what, maybe he will remember what we did to him when we first went and deceived him. Maybe he will remember how bad we were. You know, how many times have we stood in a place of temptation or in a place of trial and the enemy begins? Do you remember what you did? Do you remember what you said? Ah, you know, Yvonne remembers the things you said about her and what you did. All that is to undermine and discourage and bring us into a place where we lose the battle before it has even started. So it's not surprising that the big Gibeonites thought Joshua might abandon them because we too do feel that, you know what? Yeah, those things I've been doing. Is it possible that God has abandoned me? You know, he has said in Matthew 28, and behold, I'm with you always. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you feel that there is something that is between you and God, John chapter 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. In and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So instead of allowing ourselves to wallow into what we think God is thinking, it's good for us to do the right thing. Like the Gibeonites did. They just got up and went and found Joshua. Now, there is something very interesting about where they went to find Joshua. This morning, you know, as I was just studying and reflecting, you know, they went down to the camp of Joshua, and that camp was at Geogo. Are we together? Do you remember Geogo? Those of us that have been doing Joshua, do, do you remember Geogo? Gilgo was the first camp that they came to. They came out of Jordan and then they camped at Gilgo. When they camped at Gilgo, it became a place of remembrance because that was the place where God said, Choose 12 men. Let each one of them take a stone and come and put it here. And build an altar, a pillar of remembrance. Hallelujah. That was the place where they, they built that pillar of remembrance, remembering what God had done, how he had brought the Jordan down, how he had saved them, and how he had liberated them. Gilgal was a place of remembrance. When you're going through a difficult place, Remember. What has he done in the past? What has he said? What has he spoken over your situation? What has he spoken in your heart? We need to camp at Gehugo. Sometimes just to come back and camp at Gehugo. 
so we can remember what God has done in our lives. But you see, Gilgal was also a place of covenant. Hallelujah. It was at Gilgal that the Lord did to, said to Joshua, take a flint and circumcise them. Yet once again, purify them. Set them apart for me. Because you had to be circumcised in order to be an Israelite. Are we together? At Gilgal, we offer our hearts to God and we say, God, Circumcise my heart. Circumcise my heart, oh God. Create in me a clean heart. See if there is anything that needs to be dealt with in my heart. But it's when we are cramped, when we are seated, and we allow the Lord to search us and show us those things that we need to see. It is at Gilgo where there is purification, where there is a renewal of covenant. It is at Gilgo. We must never wander too far away from Gilgo. The Gibeonites knew where to find Joshua, and they went to Gilgo and they found him. How far have you wandered away from Gilgo? When did you last sit and just hear the Lord remind you yet once again of those covenants, of those promises? Or just allowed him to convict you, me, of our sin? You see, so they came, they found Joshua at Gogo, and they told Joshua. I said, you know what, Josh, things are not going well. You know, those people are coming against us. The five kings are coming against us. And Joshua left, and he went with them. And he fought the five kings, and he defeated them. You know, but what is interesting in this story is that as he fought the five, you, you know what happened was he, he, went after the, he went after the army, and he slaughtered them. And then the kings of the, the five kings were found hiding in the cave of Mekeda. Mekeda means herding, you know, uh, shepherding, but with a, with a, a connotation of herding. You know, you can shepherd and you can herd. When you herd, you are driving. You're not actually gently heading, caring, and looking after things, but you're actually driving and driving and driving. When we become Christians, we need to be mindful of the fact that Jesus is a shepherd. And if we find anything that is driving us, it is not of the Lord. The Lord will never drive. He will lead. He will guide. He will shepherd. And so, if there is anything that you are finding in your life which is actually heading you, driving you, robbing you of peace, write it down. What happened to those pieces of paper that we had? Sorry. Write it down. 
whatever it is, however good it looks, however nice it is, however uh, legit it looks, write it down. Because if it's driving you, it's not of the Lord. Are we together? And then as he fought the, as he, as he, he fought the soldiers, these kings were found in the cave. And do you know what he did? He said, find a rock and seal the rock of the cave so that the kings did not escape. So he leaves the kings in the cave, he seals the cave, and he secures them. That means they no longer have control over their fighting men. Are we together? We need to be recognizing what the strongholds in our lives are so that we can take them and contain them so that they do not have control or free reign over what we are doing. These kings were under control and the men were fought and they were defeated because their kings had been put in the cave and there was nothing the kings could do because Joshua made sure that they were in the cave. What do you need to take control of? What do you need to contain? What is it that tends to spiral out of control and stops you from going after the small things that you need to be going after? Is it anxiety? Is it fear? What is going on? Is it worry? What do you need to contain? What is it that is threatening your peace? That thing needs to be taken hold of, put in that cave, and put a border on it so that you can contain it and be and allow the Spirit of God to begin to work in your life. Because when these strongholds are not contained, they they, they create havoc in our day-to-day life. You know, it could be just ambition, fear of luck, fear of man, you know, worry about tomorrow, and sometimes worry about yesterday, things that have already gone. You're still worrying about them. I think, what are you going to do about yesterday? Huh? Today is Sunday. Yesterday was Saturday. Are you going to go back to Saturday and do anything about it? But the enemy will use those things. And we as Christians need to be aware of them and contain them in the cave so that they don't disturb us. Hallelujah. Then when he had finished with fighting the men, he came back and he said, Today, he said to his people, this is quite interesting. You know, he could have just gone into the cave and killed the kings himself. Because he could have done that. But he didn't. So he says to the leaders, he says, bring those men out. You know, this is what Jesus wants us to see, to experience, 
and to fill. And he says to the people, bring the kings out. And so they bring the kings out and he says to them, put your foot on their necks. Hallelujah. Put control. Take control. Put your foot on their neck. You are in charge. You are a conqueror. Jesus is behind you. You can take control. Hallelujah. Put your foot on that fear. Put your foot on that on on that rejection, on that abandonment, on that whatever it is. Put your foot on it. And if it's one of those things, write it down. Because when we finish, we are going to deal with it. So he says, put your foot on their necks. That is subduing. That is taking control. But it is also stating who is in authority. Hallelujah. It's about authority. It's about control. It's about power. And Joshua was saying, you have all those things. And I want you to do that so that you can remember that those things God has given you. I mean, the Bible says all power has been given unto us. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses into Samaria and Judea. We have the power of God in us as long as the Holy Spirit lives in us. And we need to rise up like those men and put our foot on the necks of our enemies. You know, sometimes these enemies are personal enemies, but sometimes they are enemies that seem to be buffeting the whole church. And together as a body, we need to rise up and say, you know what? Nah, too much. You have had your run. Now we are going to put our foot on your neck. You are not going to carry on doing this. Why? Because we have the authority to subdue you. We have the authority to have victory over you. And sometimes the Lord calls us to do those things. Are we together, church? Am I making sense today? Now, you know what is interesting? When he, when he brings those, 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 uh, those kings out and they get killed, what he does is this. He hangs them on trees. Other versions say he hung them on crosses. You know, all the five kings, he hung them on the cross. You know, I see Joshua as a type of Christ. And when he did that, when, as I was reading, when I saw that, I was reminded yet once again about what Christ did on the cross and what he hung on the cross. It doesn't matter what is going on. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God put it on Jesus and then allowed Jesus to hang on the cross so that you have victory. Hallelujah. There is nothing, nothing, nothing that was not covered by the cross of Jesus. Amen. That's why all those strongholds were put on the cross to remind us who know of the cross that you know what? Just before he died, he said, it is finished. It is finished. It doesn't matter what is happening. They are the kicks of a dying horse. 
That's why they are. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has done it and he has finished. And we must rise up and walk in peace. And walk in the finished work of the cross. When we begin to pray with the finished work of the cross inside, then we walk in, we walk in peace. We walk in victory. We walk as people that have already won. Amen? Now, there is something that I found also quite interesting. After Joshua killed all the, all the Amorite kings, uh, when he, he was going to, to fight, uh, to the, uh, when he, after he had fought and he was standing there and he saw that there was a lot of more work to do, in verse 12, he says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, now listen to this, God had already given the Amorites to Israel. They already had the victory. And what does Joshua do? In front of all the people that were watching, he commands the sun to stand still. Can you imagine? You know, and he just says to the sun, sun, stand still. And it stood still. He didn't say many. There were not many sentences. It was just one sentence. Sun, stand still. I was thinking, I get this man who's so powerful. What is that about? And then the Holy Spirit whispers. He says, it's because he spends the time at Kyoko. Because he knows his God. He knows what God has done. He knows what God has promised him. He knows where he has been. Remember, he was one of the people that survived the, 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 the generation before. So he had seen the Red Sea. And he had seen all the things that God had done. And he knew. But he also was a man that reflected often on what God had done for him. Are we together? And it says the sun stopped. Listen, the, the sun didn't have it just to stop. Why? Because Joshua has said so. How powerful is that? You know, but sometimes when we have things to do, when we are laboring in things, we too can ask the Lord, Father, give me time. I need to finish this because it's taking a while to finish. And there are some things, there are some thorns, there are some, there are some strongholds that need time so that when we deal with them we deal with them totally and completely am i making sense this morning how much time have i got You know, I, I've talked about the kings that had already been um, that had already been killed, and they, we have talked about that, and I have finished with that. But what is interesting is that you know what that day that Joshua said, "Son, stand still," is still missing. I read somewhere that actually, even the people that know how to count how many days have been there are short of one day. And like I said, if they ask me, I'll tell them what happened to that day. It's the day that Joshua said, no way. Today you are not moving. Today you are standing still. But that is how powerful it, we are when we believe and trust the Lord. When we walk with him. When we are so conscious of his spirit in us. 
Those are the things we too can trust the Lord to help us with. Are we together? And the other thing that I just want to share before I sleep. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all your enemies. You know, when they had finished, when they had finished, when they had stepped, put their feet on the necks of the the kings and had killed them, Joshua said, you need to remember that you have victory. This that you have done today is what God is going to do to all your enemies. Church, I don't care what our enemies are. The word of God is the same then, it is the same today, and it will be the same yesterday. You know, I stand here, Tendai is in hospital. It doesn't change anything. Bipolar is an enemy. And it has already been defeated. It's just a matter of time. Because let every man be a liar. And God be the one that speaks the truth. Hallelujah. But you see, that's the choice I make. I could choose to think that man is telling the truth, or I could choose to think, you know what? I hear you, but I know whom I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have entrusted to him until that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we stand up? Let's just stand up. We're going to do one or two things. Let's just stand up. Hallelujah. I I, I don't know whether you've got your pieces of paper. Yeah, you have them. Well done. For those that have them, the things that you have written on those pieces of paper, I want you to do something prophetic tonight. Oh, this morning, put them on the floor. Put your foot on them and tell them, I have victory over you. Hallelujah. I have victory over you. When that thing comes again, remember what you have done today. Remember that you have put your foot on it. Why? Because of what Jesus has done in your life. Because of what Jesus has spoken to you in your life. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, after Joshua finished fighting and his victory, do you know what he did? He went back to Gilgal. Hallelujah. He went back to that place. That place of encouragement. That place of covenant. That place of fellowship with the Lord. That place of strength. May we be a people that will always go back to Gilgal. In the name of Jesus.
Keep standing and I'm just going to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you this afternoon. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. We thank you that everything you have spoken is yea and amen in our lives. Master, this afternoon, even as we stand before your presence, we decree and declare that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Father, we take authority over every enemy, every stronghold, everything that has been digging at us this afternoon, and we subject it. We subject it to the power of Jesus Christ, to the power of the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you that there is no other name. There is no other name that is higher than the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Even as we think of Medway, even as we think of our church, even as we think of the people that we have all prayed for, Lord, even as we think of Chris this afternoon, Father, we thank you. We thank you that even a cancer, it has a name and it is subject to the name of Jesus Christ. Bipolar, you have a name and you are subject to the name that is above your name. Depression, you have a name. Fractures, you have a name. You are subject to the name that is above all names. The name of Jesus, the healer, you know, the bright morning star, the one who is, who was, and who is yet to come. Our shepherd that causes us to lie down by the quiet waters. The one who died and rose again that we might live. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We bless and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Now, if you don't know this Jesus, if you have never met him, don't leave this place without actually meeting him. Because he's just waiting for you. If you don't know a day when you actually went and said, you know what, Lord, I have sinned. Forgive me of my sins. I give you my life in exchange for yours. Don't leave without seeing me or somebody. Just grab somebody and say, you know what, I've never done that. I would like to do it. Or if you have done it, and over the past few months, years, or whatever it is, things have gone a bit blurred, and you don't know anymore where you are standing, and you're thinking, you know what, I need to make things right today is the day. You don't know what tomorrow belong, brings, but at least you are here today and you are in control. Don't let it go. So if you are one of those, please don't leave. There is a prayer banner at the back and there will be a team that will be praying for you. But if you feel so pressured and you want prayer this afternoon, you are also welcome to just come here and, and ask the Lord to just touch you and forgive you. The reason I'm saying I'm giving you this opportunity is this. When Joshua killed the kings, he exposed them. And there are times when we need to actually say, Lord, I see this and I acknowledge that it is wrong and I'm showing it to you so that I can live in victory. Are we together? Thank you.
will worship 